the internet, and welcome to season 129, episode four of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially <laughs> off the top, <laughs> fuck the Koch brothers. Yeah. Fuck Fox News. Fuck the Trump administration. Fuck COVID 19. I know. Hell yeah, bud. Uh, it's Thursday, April 16th, <laughs> right, 2020. My name is Jack right. O'Brien, a.k.a. J. Quar Quar Tolkien, Ed Quar <laughs> Allen Poe, Osquar Wild, Quarman Mailer, Lewis Quarrel, Quarther Conan Doyle, and Quar Perley. Uh, those are all courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as police. always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Please stay at home, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home. We got disease going on. Thank you to Christy Yamaguchi Man, Crispy Meme Donut. So far, two for two for that Mrs. Two Jones, for two. Me, Mrs. Jones, Billy Paul uh, inspired AKA. The first time I heard that song, I think it was on an infomercial that was publicizing like Time Life greatest, you know, soul hits on an album late at night. And that was the one song that they would always repeat over and over that I remember. Random fact from mm. the choir. Thank you. Ooh. Uh, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our sometimes quar co-host, uh, the hilarious, the talented, the Lil Zam, Jamie Loftus! This is our new normal, normal, binging all the Tiger King, watching tons of live streams. Reading 50 different memes Still we're doing this podcast Podcast It's the Daily Zeitgeist guys Recording on Zoom, on Zoom, on Zoom, on Zoom <laughs> Living life in quarantine uh, Woo! Oh, thank you to at Jeff Once Baker again. Draws um, for he, he actually wrote like three verses But I just, I just didn't have it in me I Damn. didn't have, I didn't uh, have it in so me So good yeah, you'll release the full track on uh On my OnlyFans. On my OnlyFans yes. is where I'm On your OnlyFans. Robin Mayonnaise <laughs> on my feet singing the full AKA. That's actually, if you ever want to hear an extended version of my AKAs, it's on my OnlyFans, Only and fans, I rub yeah. condiments on my feet while I sing them. Woo! <laughs> is OnlyFans I, any, like specific to edgy material, let's say, to adult content, or is it a... Uh, or is it just whatever fans want to mm. subscribe to? Very specific content. It's typically. a very specific. Mm. I, I don't even know if that's like in the D. I don't know if that was the intent of OnlyFans specifically, but that's just kind of where that's kind of just where the culture's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's where a lot of sex workers have have migrated to. Um, right, right. During COVID too, so pro. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat. By the guest on today's episode, he is the hilarious and talented stand-up comedian and also the co-host of the hilarious and amazing podcast Deckheads with super producer Anna Hosnier. He is Mr. Nick Turner! Somewhere outside Ooh. my window. 
COVID flies. And when I go outside, I wear Anna's masks. Yes. Amazing rhyme scheme. Super producer Anna Hosnier uh, is I don't making... have people write these and send them to me. Yeah, but you got the voice, though. You got I the sit voice, here though. and I remember beautiful. that you do this. I knew Nick was going to be like, Nick's going to come in here. He's, he's going to start singing. I know because he has a beautiful voice from on high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We all know we Good get grief. it. We're out here scraping along with our AKAs and then... The man himself enters, <laughs> and then a professional enters. Yeah, yeah. look, I've still, it's been, I've still never it, done the um, the Star Spangled Banner, and I hope to one day. If anybody <laughs> out there can make that happen or knows anyone in the industry, it's been a real revelation to uh, have Jamie consistently on here uh, doing a good job singing. Uh, it's really, I don't know. I, Maybe every day Jamie much. goes <laughs> Jamie goes live with someone on Instagram, and they sing the national anthem, just the daily national anthem with one other <laughs> person. We all dial in to salute. And they're like, okay, everyone, to um, to do that thing where you're like, to uh, get a more sense of normalcy in these trying times, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be going live on Instagram Live every day at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and singing the national anthem. There's already... Nashanth content. <laughs> we already um, have uh, like a catchphrase in our house uh, based on your... Star Spangled Banner. It's uh, when we fuck something up, we just say, I did bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I made you dinner, uh, babe. I'm sorry. I did bad. I did, I did bad. bad. <laughs> it's so adorable. It's such an adorable way to own up to fucking something up, even though young Jamie Loftus didn't truly fuck it up <laughs> if, that if, bad. If, uh, that bad. Uh, that bad. I mean, it was still pretty fucked up, but. I mean, to be fair, yeah. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? How are you hanging in there in this choir? I'm doing incredible. I would have so much free time if it wasn't for you decades, of course. Um, <laughs> it it's uh, it's every day, but we're banking them. So some some weeks we do 25 episodes. Um, oh yeah, my I get two hours of sleep a night. No, we do eight. <laughs> but oh eight God. is insane. That's a lot. Yeah. 25 episodes. I don't know why <laughs> that really got... Just, like, Man, that's motherfucker putting in work. <laughs> <laughs> Team no sleep um, over here. Could you Nick, imagine? are you thriving? Are you a uh, are you a uh, what's it called introvert? Are you uh, is this your where you would be? Um, no, it's you know I'm uh, I'm, I get plenty of interaction. Uh, I do. I literally do like twenty five podcasts a week. Um, various. Jesus, you know I started a Patreon too because I just I got free time. Love um, it. And uh, so I do. I'm doing like a few on that. And uh, I, I talk. I talk to people too much. Actually, <laughs> I, I wish a lot of people be like, I don't have anything to do, and I'm like, well, it's very easy. I do something. <laughs> um, that's what you can do. Um, so I'm keeping busy, and um, I do not know how my dog feels about it. That's how. That's what everyone has. Hey, how's the dog holding up? I mm -hmm. don't know. I right. have no information, English. no, about what he's like feeling. mentally. It's been very trying for the dog. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the guy really spiritually keeps spiritually defeating. Sonny keeps showing me his bottom row of teeth. Great. Well, Nick, uh, it's great to have you here. We're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're gonna talk about that diary from the uh, physician. 
on the New York front lines that is just fucking harrowing. Uh, that was in the New York Times magazine, I think, over the weekend. We're going to talk about the new Trump administration strategy. No, not for combating the coronavirus, not for bringing the country back to uh, open for business, uh, rather the strategy for shifting blame away from him. Uh, In this case, blaming the World Health Organization. So we're going to look at that. Uh, Also, Kellyanne Conway uh, was on Fox and Friends two days ago to, uh, you know, weather balloon the strategy and said one of the the dumbest things that's been said to date about the coronavirus. I thought Uh, it was pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was tight for sure. It was hilarious. People love I, to create content during this time. So, like, really? I'm not going <laughs> to frown at any content, even yeah, if it's ruining true. the world. <laughs> They're entertainers. If nothing else, the Trump administration are entertainers. That's what they'll say in their court the best content. I'm honestly shocked that the Trump administration is not going live at 10 a.m. and doing some fucked up national anthem every morning or the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, like, with, like, diamond and silk. yeah. Missed opportunity. When you look at his social engagement, uh, it's truly off the charts, especially during this coronavirus. He is crushing it on social media, and people just need to stop hating uh, is is kind of where I'm at. <laughs> it's with true. It. He's a content creator at heart. Why doesn't he do Instagram lives? Like, what's he waiting yeah. on? Just like, hey, guys, how you been? I'm still having a hard time getting out of bed today, but I still wanted to talk to you. Right. Mm-hmm. While he has like his makeup on already and like his hair already like three hours in. Well, he gets um, that lady that Missy Elliott used that comes and puts his makeup on while he's sleeping. So oh, Missy Elliott does that? Yeah, what well, an I don't know. That story's like 10 years old, but yeah. Yeah, I love that. That Man, one of those myths we really Is that a true story <laughs> or like something yeah, she is that bragged a myth about you're busting? I think so. I mean, it's not been debunked on TDZ, so. Right. Wow. <laughs> so that must be true. Missy Elliott rules. Story like that's got to so be weird. true. Uh, he also, uh, the president recently said that he wanted to uh, launch a radio show, but was waiting uh, because Rush Limbaugh is still the king, and he, he doesn't want to do it unless he's going to be number one. And again, this is the president of the United States. He's, he's like, yeah, we'll see if Rush makes it another year, and maybe yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get into the mix. Deeply, I honestly think he probably said some shit like that. Like that actually came into his calculus. Oh, like he's sick for sure. Just imagine whatever the worst possible thing you could say is, and uh, multiply that by Trump. House Democrats are proposing a bill to give Americans two thousand dollars per month during the quarantine. LA is starting to see uh, our own wave, and I think that's happening just generally across the country. And back in New York, they're seeing the rise of the rats. Uh, so uh, we are seeing peak rat king activity. Like, yeah, peak. This is the peak environment for a rat king to actually happen. So, Greenlight uh, the Pixar movie now. Now is the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's already been optioned. <laughs> and people are noticing some awkward censorship on Disney Plus or more than usual. So we're going to talk about that. We might talk about some quarantine activities that we can recommend. But first, Nick, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are, friend? Um, I've uh, been Googling almost exclusively what games to play during a pandemic. Mm. Um, what are you learning? 
Um, well, because for the first few weeks of quarantine, everyone wanted to play Quiplash. Yes. Uh, and that was it. And that was fun. And we had our Quiplash renaissance. Um, but that got old. So we had to go to oh, more no. sophisticated means. Um, so now we've downloaded Steam. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been playing uh, uh, Catan on that. Okay. There's like, yeah. it's, it's fun. You have to set it up with all your friends. Like, everyone has to buy it. You can't be right. like playing it on a whim and send it to people. That's so it's like, we've been playing Catan. I got Ticket to Ride. Um, Lyra's been playing Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday we did a big group Risk game. Mm. It was my first time playing Risk. And I'll tell you what, I did not like it. Which one is Risk? I, I don't think Risk is the one where if you don't, if you've never played before, people will uh, refuse to help you learn. Oh. And <laughs> so they can beat your, the shit out of you. Yeah. And then your first couple of, uh, of turns, you won't even know how to attack. So you won't. So then you'll lose your whole army in two turns. And then people are like, this game is three hours more. And oh. uh, I left. I don't have those friends anymore, and uh, I'm gonna get some new ones. So I hope you guys are free, healthy, healthy boundaries in the core. Yeah, yeah. Like you're moving armies around the globe, and it's like a World War uh, simulator game, essentially. Which is something that I think is fun, and everybody, you know, at this time is really in the mood for just some simulated death. I just bought. I bought the the board game Pandemic right before. The quart also. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. So it's sitting there and I can't play it. I'm uh-huh. really fighting the urge to not dive into Civilization Six because that will, I will take a vow of silence to play it. Like those Sid Meier's games I really love. And I keep seeing people playing it and I don't want to, but I must. I'm just fighting that urge. I'm, I've, I was feeling like I was getting bored with games, and then I realized how much I love Civilization. So, the quarter yeah. has made me realize how I'm truly never like if I if I haven't gotten into video games during this time, it's just never gonna happen. It's mm-hmm. never gonna happen like, for us, Jamie. It, I don't think it us. Even though I know that you're loyal to the Switch till you die, but like, yeah. I just don't know if it's gonna right. ha- like I I've been I I just told my boyfriend I'm like it's not gonna happen you got to play solo games so he's been playing the new Star Wars game. Which Jamie, one? Are- Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen yeah. Order. Do he's you smoking play- blunts too? Yeah, he's smoking blunts every day and playing Star Wars. And then I'm, if I walk in the room, he's like, "I'm a Padawan with PTSD." Like he gets really into it. <laughs> I think Miles and your boyfriend are gonna become like history's best friend you just uh, you need to face two, two live streams like face to face of each other <laughs> where it's like two furbies get i do together, just want to uh like ah, i do just want to mention that uh when i <laughs> said it's never gonna happen to me i'm of course excluding the switch switch is more of a way of life for me than a game think of it as a uh, game anymore <laughs> But the right. thing is, Jamie, yeah, my mom used to, she hates video games, and then she, for some reason, loved Dance Dance Revolution. <gasps> so I love DDR. That's exercise, yeah, man. Don't, you never know. You never know. It can, Spyro it's just, is still the only one that's ever hit for me in my lifetime. Okay, we'll get you, we'll have to get you some Spyro download codes. Hell yeah. I've got a huge Spyro, wait, if I, I could show you, i got a huge Spyro <laughs> inner tube <laughs> you behind do. This spiral head. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nick, what's your favorite? So you're a board gamer? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say to Jamie. It's like, these aren't video games. These are right. board games that you just have to find a way to play. Uh, <laughs> 
um, virtually. But uh, yeah, no, I like to play uh, board games with my friends. I like to go over to a friend's house, get high and drunk, and play board games. Uh huh. And so now you're just doing that in a closet, closed away from the world. Uh, well, you know, my I, I get out of my closet to do the games. I get I get to hang oh, out with fun. my lady there yeah. in the living room. Oh, nice. Um, this is just this closet's just for work. And uh, quick to my work closet. <laughs> yeah. Work closet. Everybody's got their work closet these days. The, you know, it's just, it's just my area to do personal stuff. We we each have um, work closets, um, but Lyra's is in the um, hallway and it's gigantic. And mine is tiny and in the bedroom. <laughs> hers is a walk in and yours is. Yeah. It's relative to our paychecks, though. I think she deserves it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is something you think is underrated? I'll tell you what. Uh, chicken wings during the quarantine. Ooh. Mm. Chicken yes. wings during the quarantine. I have been... Fuck, uh, I'm going to do that today. I've been reading a lot into this, and uh, apparently the wings, which are the most expensive part of the bird per pound, uh, haven't been this cheap since <laughs> September 2011. Yep. Really? They sold for close to $2 per pound the weekend of the Super Bowl, and now they sell for about a dollar a pound. Yep. And wow. it is because people do not make chicken wings in their house. That is something you go to a bar. That's when you are enjoying a sports game, you will enjoy some chicken wings. But now all that's gone, and now they're just sitting there. Need a deep fryer. Need a deep fryer. Get an air fryer. Get, a, yep. get an instant pot. Get uh, Instacart to send you all of it, and uh, you're, you're set. Has that affected the the prices on Wingstop? Uh, I mean, a lot of places like Buffalo Wild Wings is basically doing two for one. Oh, I, wow! At least the one one by me. But There's I don't. I'm not been, a B Dubs guy so much as a Wingstop guy. I, I love B Dubs. I've been the, just a shout out. Uh, my my favorite brand, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, is still open for food too. <laughs> That's They've your favorite sell- brand of wing. That's no, my favorite, favorite brand wing. of sell, all time. They sell they sell wings, but they're not good. They're microwaved. Oh, but yeah. they're they're still their kitchen is still open, which is I I saw I saw one of my friends. It sounds like I'm saying it to cover it up for the fact that it was me, but it was my friend. <laughs> um, got like three large pizzas from Chuck E. Cheese for like fifteen bucks. Woo. Wow, three larges for okay. I was gonna I was gonna ask the question of how they're possibly getting anybody to order uh, Chuck E. Cheese food to go. And that makes sense it if it's cheaper really cheap. than any food has ever been. And you yeah. said your friend's history. name was uh, Lamey Joftis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. She's Lamey. actually really fun. She's really fun. Yeah. She's Joffy not Jofer. sick. And, and they don't, the, the food is not delivered by an animatronic rodent, nor is it come with a well, ball that's... pit. It's just the food from Chuck E. Cheese. It's just the food from Chuck E. Cheese. Although they will deliver the party paper plates to to sweeten the pot. Well, that's fun. They won't yeah. even I mean, give you like some Chinese finger cuffs or something. They will. <laughs> like, Could I have just one prize, please? <laughs> A six year old birthday party favor. <laughs> no, my friend Patrick got it, it. They delivered it with like some paper plates and a couple of like rogue tokens. They don't even use tokens anymore. It's pandemonium Rogans? over there. Rogans. <laughs> Damn. Rogans. By the way, those Chinese finger cuffs, which are probably have a better name now than that, they are possible to tear out of uh, as an adult. I I, tore, I ripped my kids' uh, finger cuffs in half, mm. uh, so I just wanted to brag about that. You're so um, fucking powerful. Jim. Come on, show us it's those checks, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, Bruce Banner. Like, sometimes I don't even know back. my own strength. <laughs> it's wild. I don't know. I remember when I was interviewing for this job, Jack was like, hey, you ever hosted? And I was like, ah, I mean, I've done some stuff. And he he threw a fucking phone book at my chest and goes, all right, tear that in half, though. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. And then he did it. And he was like, anyway, so, yeah. yeah. I think you'd be a good number two to my number one, clearly. <laughs> And I was like, well, all right, clearly cool. you're not going to be the lead. <laughs> I like how Jack had one had one question. He's like, uh, "Have you hosted before?" And you're like, "No." And he's like, "Oh shit!" Well, uh, I get, you can have it anyway. <laughs> all right, here, watch, watch me tear phone this phone book. book in half. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm really good at those little uh, ball maze things that uh, the handheld ball. Man, never mind. Oh, oh like easy. the little labyrinth. You guys might, yeah, like a steel labyrinth ball labyrinth that are like yeah the ones that cost five cents oh uh, the plastic one with like a bb yeah, the little plastic <laughs> one yeah with a bb <laughs> those are also still very popular in uh children's birthday party uh favor bags and it's always uh, like a fish or a frog or a cat face yeah exactly nick what is something you think is overrated finally <laughs> uh speculation I was talking to someone yesterday and they were like, hey, I heard that um, they're going to reopen the country on uh, May 15th. <laughs> I'm like, who told you? What are you fucking talking about? Just like that, huh? Right. There's no there's no authority on everything. Every time I turn on the news, they're like, uh, we're, we're, we were thinking May 1st, but it's probably going to be like more like June 12th. And another one's like, I, don't, I think it's going to be August 13th. Uh, and um, I don't know why anyone opens their fat mouth because nobody knows anything about anything. And all you can do right now is fortify your bedroom closet with as much sound deadening equipment as possible so you can thrive on podcasts. Yeah. Ugh. We're all just trying to thrive I think on podcasts. Also, just a lot of the, I think the speculation is so born out of some people, you know, like I, people need a certain degree of predictability in their life. So I think yeah. it, you sort of have to cling to like a fucking date to just be like, okay, I know yeah. today is it fucking April fucking 16th or whatever the fuck, but I just know fucking one more month, one more right. month and we can get through. I but don't know. For me, I just tried to rip the bandaid off the second this shit shut down and be like, I need to prepare myself to like never want to leave the house again. <laughs> like I need to begin <laughs> trying to like reshape my brain to try and just be able to deal with it as, 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 right, I don't know, in my own way. But I think it varies from person to person. Right before the quarantine, uh, Lyra and I moved into a giant house in Echo Park with roommates. Um, and then as soon as the quarantine happened, we were just like stuck in this giant house with roommates. And so um, we moved out immediately. Um, we found a place and uh, just a one-bedroom apartment. And when I was looking at this place, I was like, I am going to be in this house for a year. And that is what I want a house that has everything I need for one year because that is how long I think that we are going to be quarantined. Um, and so far, I think I'm right. I'm speculating. Yeah, go on a date, Nick, while you're at. Just a rough date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, 2023. I, I don't know. I, I've been like getting really focused on trying to make our house look like a place that we would want to be, you know, like there, I was like, okay, we got to, this is all we've got. There's nowhere outside of room. I didn't see that movie, but I feel like it's like that. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm Jacob Tremblay. 
He's Brie Larson, and we're in room. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's some nuance in that movie you, you're missing. There- <laughs> <laughs> it's about making, your, it's it's about making your place movie, as livable as possible, right? <laughs> it's about sprucing the place up. Look, make the most yeah. out of it. Is it room when they yeah. spruce up the room, and then they're like, room yeah. isn't yeah. so bad? The Danish yeah, have a exactly. word for it called hoogie, which is about coziness, and I believe that's what it was trying to communicate. To <laughs> I mean, well, right. isn't it when they leave the room, Jacob Tremblay is like, I miss room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what that is, and we'll be like and that. And then at he the end of looks bar. at the camera when he says that line. <laughs> I'm clean. I, 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 <laughs> directed by Richard Donner. He says right to the camera. <laughs> he doesn't, didn't even direct that movie. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I I do think though, room is the next craze in home care. Like after Marie Kondo, mm-hmm. we're gonna go in in the direction of room. Uh, I the, like the room. room plan. Yeah, uh, and finally, Nick, uh, what is a myth? What's something people think is true that you know oh. to be false? Yes, um, I, there's a myth out there going around that thing that people say you can't find a new boyfriend during quarantine. Uh-huh. Um, well, uh, I have a friend uh, of a friend just got a boyfriend mm, during quarantine. Wow. New relationship happened this week. Um, I don't have all the details, but I am obsessed over it. Uh, I think they knew each other before quarantine, but how did mm-hmm. things ramp up? How? What are yeah. they doing? What's different now that they're boy? Why did they make it official? Was yeah. <laughs> what were they worried about? Could it just be the sheer loneliness and desperation to be with someone that could catalyze a relationship? We don't know. Yeah. 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 I just, um, it's dangerous and it should be a secret. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Congratulations to your, to your friend, Tick Turner, on uh, their, (laughs) on their new boyfriend. Uh, (laughs) There's going to be so many relationships that just fall apart or come back together at the end of this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh there's God. even the, a rumor that and, Nicki Minaj broke up with Mr. Petty during this. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, hey, yeah, the, I hate to see it. The only thing that's going to outnumber the t- the number of uh, relationships that come together and fall apart is the number of romantic comedy scripts that are going to be written <gasps> yeah. with quarantine as the premise. Oh, absolutely. <sighs> I've said it before. It's going to be the worst Duplass joint yet is the fucking <laughs> Mumblecore quarantine <laughs> That's movie. That's right. Horrible. That. Yeah, I know somebody who just like was very early, like first, second date with somebody and the quarantine hit and they decided to like start quarantining together just to have somebody to quarantine with. And it, I, they're like, yeah, it's great. I'm glad to have, and it's made me suspect that they are a sociopath, uh, <laughs> that they're able to do that. But they probably are just a different type of human than I am. I would not be able to do that. I hate uh, other types of people. From <laughs> <laughs> me too. All right, you really are an American. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, There was a New York Times article in the New York Times magazine over the weekend uh, I realize it's late. We're we're now Thursday, but Mm -hmm. I read slow. So give me a break. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a first person account of a physician who works 
in uh, intensive care in New York, and it is just dark, man. It's yeah. like they they basically talk about how they and physicians from Italy are like that's the only people they can talk to because they're just like so they share this really incredible horrifying experience that like doesn't really compare to any other form of human existence um right but yeah i mean they talk about lack of resources having to wear uh what are supposed to be single use single patient masks uh across multiple days or until they get visibly soiled that was their actual like the direction they were given was like it, unless there's like a visible like blood stain on the outside of your mask, just keep using the same one because we don't have any masks. So many of the people that they are caring for just come in and die. There, there's like there will be these people who, you know, they talk about people coming in and being in good spirits and like telling stories and you know joking around and teasing the doctors. And then, you know, within 24 hours, they're dead. Never um, tease a and, doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that it, it doesn't read as a threat, but the way I just <laughs> described it uh, does make it sound like the doctors killed them for being uh, teased. Yeah, a lot of people come uh, in and think they can tease us. <laughs> oh uh, it's actually, uh, that's just me being bad at describing. Uh, they, they describe the teasing more as a, as a sign of vitality and like right, that right. they're like these Optimism. lovable, you know, optimistic people who are just like, yeah, well, you know, we'll be out of here soon enough. And I don't know. You're just, just by the end, you're just so far beyond questioning yeah. how bad the crisis is and how badly needed the social distancing is, how worth it it's been to paralyze the economy. Like it's just you're it's literally they're describing hell on earth. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't if you haven't read the piece yet, like I mean, make yourself read it because it just like it puts yeah. a, a, everything into focus. It's, it's I think is yeah, it's it, we have done a good job. I think just for our own you know mental safety of just keeping this virus into like facts and figures and data. We just look at and go, oh, it's a curve we're looking at, rather than. Where the where the fucking shit is hitting the fan is in these hospitals, where these essential workers and uh, healthcare workers are going through some of probably the most traumatic shit they'll ever go through as healthcare yeah. practitioners, where they are completely unable to do the thing they want to do, which is to help someone live. And I think that's got to be such a fucked up feeling. Like, and when you read these things about literally just seeing people keeled over dead that they were talking to minutes ago and just blew yeah. in the face because they they just can't get to people in time yeah it really just connects everything for for people i think that's the power of a piece like this and i think the media needs to do a little bit more of a of focusing it on that because we're just more looking at like tr like it looks like trump's fighting like new like number like numerical values on a screen right. rather than trump is connected to this fucking just dark dark awful shit that's happening in these hospitals to creating these conditions i mean and it's also like something i wish that media would focus a little more on is you know the communities that covid affects or sorry covid 
the, there you go. The the communities of COVID affects first uh, too. Like I've seen very little written on. Like I mean, it's it's obvious, but it's not really discussed that much. How you know it's like low income and majority non white communities that this is hitting first and worse. A great like local piece that I read just about my hometown about like. Uh, my hometown is hit like the third hardest in the state because it's a poor city and like it's majority non-white and that is true across the board and yeah. it's like not it's not being talked about really that much and i get that you need to like protect your brain and from the like existential horror of, of it all but like there reaches a but point where you're like you have to you know under have a base understanding of you have to confront the truth of it all yeah. or there's no way to actually address it because if yeah. we compartmentalize and things and you know, I think we, this is just part of American media, though. Like, there is only so much of the 24-hour cycle they can commit to the pain of people of color in this country. It's about it, that headline of, you know, there's an inordinate disproportionate amount of black and brown people passing away from mm-hmm. COVID-19 due to, you know, redlining, systemic racism, lack of uh, proper health care, lack of resources to have nutritious food and things like that. Mm-hmm. They could only give that headline maybe a day and a half worth of attention. And even then, it was right. buried under the other things. And right. I think that's the other part that gets inevitably lost, especially when we have these tragedies again, too, is like, let's not get too immersed in the pain of it all, because I think yeah. I only want people to engage with a story like this to get them to really redouble their commitment to what we do after this, because that's mm-hmm. really where the stakes are, is what the fuck we're going to do after this, because fucking normal 2019 shit was a fucking disaster. Mm. Right. So what do we do after this? And I think we need to we need to stay keep the humanity of it all within our sight to be able to move in the proper direction after all of this. Absolutely. One of the other things you kind of get is just how like chaotic it is. Uh you know, at one point she has this breakthrough and she realizes that the patients uh, who she's seeing, like one of the, one of the key indicators is that that they test for is the uh, percentage of oxygen in their blood uh like if somebody comes in and their percentage of oxygen is like in the 70s then like they're guaranteed not gonna make it basically it seems like um but she learns through like uh, literally from a text from an italian doctor like they they tried flipping the patients over so they're like laying on their uh stomachs while they're intubated i think or while they're breathing in oxygen and like they find that that makes the oxygen levels in the blood shoot up and it's just like so they start doing that because they just it's just so kind of haphazard because it's all coming so uh you know it's like it's like a a tsunami they're just the healthcare workers are being buried underneath i mean this is not a good example but am i it's like playing guitar hero on expert the first time the shit's (laughs) flying at you so fast you don't know how to fucking play you're not literate in what's coming at you, and I think that's the thing we don't. We have not had the time uh, in this awful guitar hero me- uh, metaphor Whoa. to like. We've not been able to, you know, wrap our heads around it because we're constantly learning new things every day. And I think that's where when people want to insist on going back to normal or getting the economy started up is like we don't yeah. 
we're not able to do that yet because to do that we have to fully understand what how this virus is functioning and yeah. that's there's just like a lot of the world that's not looking that that's refusing to look at that stuff including the fucking pre- the president it's so hard country. to like separate how you feel about the president from everything because there's these uh you know recent reports of the chloroquine um being bad for people with heart conditions which is like most old people who are getting it you do need it and then you, you read that article and you're like aha chloroquine's bad i knew it yeah the president's right. stupid you're like oh wait no i wanted it to work yeah right. yeah oh right it's not about yeah it's not about him even though he he did make that about him yeah yeah i mean miles uh brings up a good point like uh, almost like the article from uh, the doctor's name is Dr. Helen Oyang. Uh, so shout out to her for writing just an incredible, very, very important piece of journalism. Uh, it is shot through with uh, Guitar Hero references. So be prepared <laughs> yeah. for that. It's mostly Guitar Hero metaphors. She used to work um, for harmonics before. So. <laughs> it might Pretty be hard. a branded piece of content. I'm not yeah. sure. Very strange oh decision. They're supposed to mark those clearly. Worst branded article. What? Uh, branded content trying to bring back Guitar Hero. There, there's just weird details that like I didn't realize about the disease. Like that the people who have it, their your lungs become like harder. Like they have less give to the point that like one of the Italian doctors who. Uh, she's in touch with is like talking about how wonderful it is after a month of just nonstop COVID-19 patients to intubate somebody who doesn't have COVID-19 who's in there for something different. And they're like, ah, so nice to like have the, those soft lungs. It's like such a weird thing, but it's also like, you know, they're just, it's, it's something that, I wasn't aware of when it comes to the thing and also just oxygen level in the blood. So, um, well, uh, one person who clearly has not read anything about the disease is, uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway, uh, the president's, you know, the, the Donald Trump whisperer whose husband is uh, critical of Trump. So you got to figure she's cool. Right. Anyways, <laughs> She went on Fox and Friends and as sort of like to to weather balloon this new strategy they're trying, which is basically saying everything that's true about their failure to deal with this crisis, but say it about the World Health Organization. So it's like, well, they didn't do enough and they didn't get, you know, show leadership and they... And yeah, just blaming everything on on the World Health Organization. But uh, one thing... Uh, she's, she says at one point, and I think we can play a clip of it, but she's ranting about how this disease shouldn't have been surprising to the World Health Organization. So we have every right to know and every right to know uh, because of what's happened here in this global pandemic. But there's another reason. Some of the scientists and doctors say that there could be other strains later on. This can come back in the fall in a limited way. Uh, this is COVID-19, not COVID-1, folks. And so you would think the people charged with the World Health Organization uh, facts and figures would be right. on top of that. That this is just a pause right now. So there's an investigation, examination to what happened. But people should know the facts. We paid over $830 million over the last two years. China paid 10% of that. Right. And we all should know the facts that China fundamentally lied and we still don't have the truth. 
and the WHO didn't stop it. But China is the problem. Yeah. So it go- she goes on. That rant ends with her saying people need to know their facts. But she says that immediately after suggesting that COVID-19 is the 18th sequel to COVID-1. The first COVID franchise. That's why you said she hadn't read anything, Jack. She read the first 18 COVIDs, bruh. Right. Yeah. Or even worse, like it's like an episode of Scooby-Doo of like, while we've seen 18 episodes, we know it's always the carnival owner at the end. So (laughs) why haven't they talked to the carnival owner? But it's such a fundamental misunderstanding. Uh, like the the yeah. entire problem with this specific strain, like the reason that they've been wrong from the start when they were com- comparing it to uh, influenza and being like influenza is more deadly, it kills more people. It's like, well, but this is so deadly because we don't know anything about it because it is the novel coronavirus it is the first one of these and so we don't know how to deal with it we don't know anything about how to fight it and that is why it's deadly and instead she she has managed to remain so ignorant that she uh thinks it's just another sequel to uh covid's the the yeah, first well, covid's the covid franchise they just deal in talking points and rationalizations for their just complete you know you know, they're, they're just there to obscure the truth and to uh, give someone some kind of logic path to follow to not, you know, keep their brain in a loop that they don't have to blame the president. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, that right. makes sense. I mean, look, they had 18 swings at this thing. We're at 19 and they say there's going to be another one in the fall. COVID 20, you know, <laughs> I'm not sticking around for that. Fuck, Kevin man. Feige announced. We Is should treat Feige? we should treat her like uh like a like a shooter, you know, like we're always supposed to be like don't don't print their name, don't print like the reason <laughs> they do it. Do mm. not do not engage. Want. Yeah, just like yeah. when Kellyanne Conway says something, don't listen. Don't put That's, it on the news. That would be a good idea if she wasn't on a team that was in charge of our country during like one mm. of the biggest crises in in the history of uh, our country. Hey, I uh, think it could that... still work. <laughs> Nick's like, and I stand by it. And I stand. That's by why it. we need it now more than ever. <laughs> no. Amid coronavirus. All right. Well, enough of her. By the way, Fox and Friends does. It sounds like they're about to like hold her to it because the really dumb guy. What is that? Steve Ducey, the real, the real dumb guy, uh, or is Steve Ducey the the guy with glasses? Ducey is the one with glasses. <laughs> the okay, guy with so glasses guy. can't be dumb. There's yeah. He, so he's the smart one. Uh, That's Jack O'Brien. Yeah. Re- real, real dumb guy. Uh, and he's like, well, and now we Brian should Kilmeade? say. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade. He's like, and the, we should say, and the fact is that, and you think he's about to correct, and then he's just like, that China lied. So it's <laughs> kind of amazing. Just a real off-speed pitch from them. Jesus. I mean, that's why they're like currently trying to fight like a designation as being declared a public health hazard, like the, the network. Fox like and, there are people in yeah. court trying to be yeah. like, uh, yeah, they're, this is actually the definition of a public health hazard, what they're doing on TV. Yeah. Democrats are trying to uh, push through a bill to give Americans $2,000 per month during the quarantine, during the, you know, during this epidemic and uh, just kind of overall public health and uh, social catastrophe. 
you know, the the fact that Democrats are doing anything wouldn't normally make an impact, I feel like, because uh, the mainstream media is so scared of seeming like they're biased towards Democrats. But uh, Drudge uh, made it the his top headline, the fact that Democrats were trying to do this. So maybe it will get a little bit more attention. Um, but I do think we're starting to see just... Anecdotally, I'm hearing that ICUs in Los Angeles are starting to fill up, and there was uh, LA County had its highest death rate uh, two days ago. So I'm I'm worried about uh, this city, and you know I'm sure other cities around the country are, are probably going to eventually see something similar. Yeah, yeah, and also a, a looming housing crisis. An extreme losing, yeah. like looming housing crisis, and and it's uh, I know like this is, but the, the like in in our city specifically, there are still like promised services that are being withheld. Mm-hmm. That I feel I feel like are you know they're taking advantage of the fact that no one can really go out and check safely. Um, but there's there has still been talk in California of like oh we're gonna make all these hotel rooms available for unhoused people, and it's not happening. It hasn't like and and. Right. So there have been like drive up protests to the mayor's house. Like it's just fucking pandemonium. No one's doing what they're uh, like on a city level. No one's doing what they're supposed to. Yeah. Why'd everybody get like so aroused about Gavin Newsom the other day? They were just like, he should be our president. We should never be horny for a governor ever. When has that gone well? Oh, come on. He's sexy enough that he's a little more than a governor. (laughs) He's <laughs> <laughs> he's a late night dream. He's a, yeah, he's a, like, he's a talk job, show politician. Like I, he's doing fine. Whatever. Oh, for sure. First guy to allow would be. gay marriages. I mean, this guy's got it all, baby. Massachusetts was the first state to legalize. No, the city, si- the city of San Francisco, when he was. Oh, the okay. Fair, fair, fair. He would definitely be if there was a movie about a corrupt politician like he would be perfect because he would be like the golden boy who it turns out uh was holding steven seagal's wife hostage or something he does have that energy energy yeah yeah if patrick bateman's if patrick bateman's life went in a slightly different direction (laughs) right right uh, but not all that different. He did. Yeah, not uh, all that different. Very similar swag. He spent his thirties blacked out and uh, having an affair with his best friend's wife. So not not all that different. Who but, does he think uh, he is? My dad. Shout out. <laughs> my right. <laughs> Swish. Is this Swish. thing on? It's my dad's. Kobe. Uh, uh, is it really? Yeah. Happy birthday to your dad. Yeah, and and I put him on blast. (laughs) All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back. And we're back. So uh, New York, it's going to be a bit of a New York-focused episode because we we already talked about just the, the horror that is happening inside the hospitals. Outside the hospitals, though, uh, there are some reports of uh, a different type of terror happening. Uh, the Gothamist is is reporting that, um, or they they interviewed. Is this is this the right word? New York's top rodentologist. That's that what the dude. Like his word. Twitter handle. His Twitter handle is at rodentologist, but he's like uh, he's <laughs> regarded as a rat expert in New York. 
Okay. Like he's got he's it. the he's the rat god. Yeah, he's the rat city, king. For most cities, you don't have to brag about being like the most rodentologist. But yeah, in New York, exactly. there is a lot of competition. You got to. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, yeah. That's... and it's and a kind of similar thing is also playing out in New Orleans too. Famous uh, other another famous rat city. But the in New York though, especially you know, because rats need our like the human garbage to live off of and things like that. The shutdown of places like the theater district, Times Square, like places that are like huge commercial areas. The rodentologist are, district. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they feed on all those trash bags on the street every night. <laughs> and just like any waste that's coming out of rest, because everything's just sort of tightening up, some areas of the city are like, experience, like the rat world is in utter chaos right now because like the the food supply is just not really there anymore. And when the this dude starts breaking down, just sort of like, like I know rats are fucking freaky, but he's breaking down kind of like what's going on. He's like, A, when they, the food starts running low, they are get they will get very hungry and quote, they start killing and eating each other right inside the nest. When things just aren't available and they get hungry, it's the nearest rat that's smaller and weaker. That will be the protein. So that kind of mentality of hungry rats also leads to them wandering, looking for, you know, new sources of food, uh, going into buildings or whatever, and potentially encroaching on a fucking another rat turf, like like rat turf wars. So mm -hmm. at this point, he's saying that if a rat colony uh, were to basically infringe on another turf, <laughs> they said there would be, quote, they will not give up that territory without a big battle. It's like something out of Ben Hur. There, Jesus. I this is this is fun news. This is just straight <laughs> rat wars. All Miles, over the I think street. you just pitched a movie. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Fine, I'm in. I'm in. Okay, I have <laughs> to give also the dark side of this though too. Is unfortunately a lot of the movement of that are a lot of people are seeing a lot more rodent movement is in a lot of lower income areas because our cities are planned in the most cruel way possible, mm -hmm. uh, and we're that's just how things ended up. But the thing that I'm also curious about is with all these like rats, you know, there's a lot of movement and things like that. Is this like going to set off a process of evolution or like a culling of weaker rats? Like, right. Whoa. If the, the longer yeah. this goes on, well, there'll be like a, you'll, I mean, I don't know. It takes generations of things like that to like traits to evolve, but I'm like, do the strong rats inherit Manhattan? Rats live like two to three years on on like that's average. Uh, they two rats can have up to six thousand babies in that time. Uh, so you're not talking about generations being like centuries. You're talking about generations being uh, within a hours. Couple years. I was going to say a couple yeah. of years, right? There. Yeah. I, I think good supplemental uh, viewing and reading for for this rat conflict. Is it, did any of you see the episode of Joe Para that's about the Rat Wars of Alberta? No, no. He did a whole episode where he like the. Anyways, there's been like rat human conflicts before too. That had there's there was this big thing in Canada in Alberta in the 1950s where Alberta was able to like eradicate like they killed every rat in the city. It was really aggressive and intense. And I didn't Alberta even know there been, were such things as rat humans. Holy shit! There's, <laughs> it's the it's the rat v human conflict. There, I mean, oh, rat v human. Okay. Rat yeah, v yeah, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Look, they I, yeah. they're all dead. 
I I lived in New York for 16 years, so I've had my share of run-ins with rats and mice. <laughs> At one point, I lived in a bro house where one of them had like a little pellet gun, and uh, we would uh, from the couch uh, shoot mice as they <laughs> scurried across the hallway. Uh, yeah, um, because uh, there was just so many. But um, yeah, yeah, have you ever had a rat die on your walls? Yes. Um, and then yeah, the, the smell is unbearable. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. just envision like, like a rat war that goes on inside your walls. Oh, God. And like eight, there's like 18 dead rats all at once. And uh, that smell could cause an explosion. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I mean rats, rats are a threat. Like if you just take your foot off the the gas a little bit like if you know uh exterminators can't do their job the rat population will explode rats are a constant threat to the food chain they're impossible to keep out from like where food is being stored uh they can squeeze through holes the size of a quarter because their bones are like designed to be able to squish together um they can cool. swim up through your pipes into your toilet a thing that does happen they're unbelievable. Like they will inherit the earth for sure. Whatever kills us off, rats will be the next species because yeah, they're they're gonna live inside they're our skeletons. Super, yeah. They can water ski too. I mean, I know that <laughs> yeah. that squirrel is more famous, but I've seen rats do it. Yeah. They're um they're amazing swimmers. That's yeah, uh, something, and they're tell you. even able to, you know, train a group of turtles they found in the sewer to become great ninja uh, warriors. It's true, uh, it's to fight true. against his dreaded arch nemesis Oroku Saki, otherwise known as Shredder. Oh my God! This is a movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is another movie <laughs> idea. Yeah, few people know that they have their own small uh, parliament under the actual. Uh, House of Parliament. It's uh, actually in the a, UK. a myth that no one's been able to bu- <laughs> to bust on this show yet. <laughs> people need to people need to tell the truth about mm-hmm. these rats. Uh, they're terrifying. Uh, very smart. They can chew through walls. These are all real facts. They're they're truly very. Smart. I can chew through a wall. <laughs> they can give chew me, through walls. They so can no, give me some time. Yeah. I can chew through a wall. Yeah, oh, we can, exactly. No, you right. can't because you're t- you could, but then your teeth would wear down to the gums. Whereas nah, rats, ju- I can do anything like a rat rabbits, can do. Their teeth I can are do constantly anything. growing. Rats can do yeah, better. You won't believe how soft my bones are. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about Disney Plus because they are uh, keeping me alive during this quarantine. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Having every Pixar movie available has been actually a lot of fun with uh, my four-year-old. We're getting through all the Pixar movies. We just watched WALL-E. Which, are you uh, going chronologically? Is- no, no, just oh. whatever catches his attention. You're going to confuse the boy. <laughs> I know. You're going to tell exactly. him the story of John Lasseter. <laughs> What's I was so happy. <laughs> oh, and then, like, somewhere at time around 2017, you're like, well, here's here's where things went very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess it's time to have the talk, boy. See, there's some themes in this movie uh, that, in Brave. Jesus. Uh, Wally is such a great movie. But anyways. What's his favorite uh, one so far? He really liked Wally and he really liked Monsters Inc. But those Hell are the yeah. most recent Monsters ones. Inc. Is the that best he, one. Yeah. Monsters Inc. is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh just the 
amount of laughter uh, that those movies are giving him. I, w- I will uh, I will forgive Disney for everything, all all the awful <laughs> shit they've done. How, how is Onward uh, for his racism and misogyny? We haven't watched Onward. Jack's like, yeah, uh, we, yeah, 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 totally, totally. I mean, if you see um, you see the smile on my kid's face, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're just like, come on, man. Uh, so uh, Disney Plus has almost doubled their numbers uh, in the past two months. Numbers of subscribers, probably for the same reason, like parents are using it as a moment of respite. I Do think. you think there was a moment where like there were parents who were fucking not, they're like, ah, we don't need that crap. Honestly, <laughs> it's just another fucking, and they're like, fucking get it now. Get it now. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that, that moment was day three, I think for <laughs> a lot of parents. Right. But anyways, with more eyes on, uh, the Disney plus catalog, people are noticing just weird, uh, examples of censorship. Apparently, the entire Disney Plus archive is like their promise is the whole thing is family friendly. So, like, they have the movie Splash, uh, which contains a scene of Daryl Hannah running into the ocean. Uh, and since she is a mermaid, uh, she is naked and her, her butt uh, is visible. And oh, they no. have added a bunch of CGI hair. So now her hair <laughs> oh is just absurdly long. Uh, and now what am I going to masturbate to? <laughs> I know, right? Great. Um, now I got to find a wig this long. Why did I even get Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> so horny. <laughs> Jesus, what a odd. I really want to see this in real time, like how that. This how is that the weird new CGI hair cut. moves, or is, yeah, yeah, I bet you do, you <laughs> sick fuck. So gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of weird. It looks like they just used the clone tool from her hair and just moved it down, or it looks like they used that like toupee in a can stuff and just sprayed it on, on her right. butt. It's like um, so loser. that's so much more like. Oh God, that that fucks you up so much more than just simply seeing a butt whatever would. Yeah, you're like, now I right. expect hair can just grow that long, and it can't. You know, there's already <laughs> yeah. all these unrealistic expectations uh, for women's bodies, and now I'm supposed to have hair on my ass that's really long. It's not fair. When I when I was in <laughs> when I was in high school, we read Romeo and Juliet, and then um, after we were done, the teacher played Franco Zeffirelli's. Romeo and Juliet for the class. But there's a scene in that movie where there's like a long lingering look at at Juliet's breasts. And mm. so they edited it. And um when it comes to that scene in the movie, there's this like long just blue screen that you don't you can't see what's <laughs> happening. And then it comes back and it is um like 5 seconds of Juliet's breasts. <laughs> like you missed just, how did you not notice after you were done you're like ah, i so got some funny. of it so then of course i rented the movie uh and then watched it at home to see what i missed and what i missed was uh uh romeo's butt they only edited oh. out romeo's butt whoa that yes yeah, well, so that sense it makes no sense. That makes no sense. And it has screwed me up sexually. <laughs> well, so some people have some people have uh, pointed out that uh, you do have Bart's penis in the Simpsons movie, uh, Brendan Fraser's ass in George of the Jungle, 
yeah, and yeah. at the end of Fantasia, there's a bunch of um, like demonic ghouls whose bare breasts are visible. Um, and Disney Plus, or uh, the the assumption is that it's uh, you aren't allowed to show nudity in a sexual context, um, and the mm. splash butt wouldn't be uh wouldn't run afoul of that but there is a reverse shot of tom hanks like being like yeah oh yeah look at that butt look at that can on that on that one <laughs> they can on that nude woman who inexplic- is this inexplicably nude woman yeah oh um, it's i just saw it now they look like they put a, a decent amount of money into making that it seemed like it was part of the shot oh really yeah my cynical take is that Disney did this and then promoted it themselves to hope people would start talking about how Disney is just censoring stuff that doesn't even need to be censored. So then other parents who are worried about a- access, <laughs> their children's access, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, well, we got to get Disney. They're, they're censoring everything. This is incredible. Right. <laughs> Guys, actually, yeah. check out. Look on my screen right now. I'm, gonna, I'm about to pull it up. Okay. Uh, Miles, I can only see your Sarah. trackpad. Okay, you, can you see this now? Yeah, they're making out. Yeah, it almost. Uh-huh. Here we go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that does not look good. It does. It, it yeah. looks attached to her butt. It doesn't look. There was attached an earlier. To her there, was a, there was an. There was an earlier yeah, she's wide shot. Hair shorts. Yeah, there was Wait. an earlier wide shot that did it well. But when she dives in, you're like. Mm? <laughs> hair shorts is a great idea. Yeah, it's a good band. Hair name. shorts, is. Oh, hair shorts yeah, is a yeah. great idea. Okay, well, at least we um, we took something away from this. They also uh, just to kind of complete the circle here. They also edited the word "fuck" out of "adventures and babysitting," uh, even though oh. that movie is just super racist. Uh, they they chose to <laughs> let leave that stuff in and just get the get the fuck on out of there. Uh, and they also, um, there's a part in Lilo and Stitch where uh, she hides in a uh, in a dryer, and they made it look like she's hiding in a cupboard, uh, and like the dryer door is a pizza box now uh, because they didn't want kids to think it's okay to hide in the dryer, but it really looks like she's hiding in the oven now, yeah. which is uh not not better in any way um no but yeah i guess it just raises like all sorts of issues about you know ownership of any art that you create and you know it used to be that you created something and got final cut and then it was out in the world uh but now that we live in this streaming world you can just kind of keep fucking with people people's creations uh it's really up to up to the companies to do whatever the fuck they want. So shout out to Disney. Wow, uh, they, just, undefeated. they just added that part in after in post uh, to undefeated. the podcast. Well, guys, uh, Nick, it's been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, where can being people on find this. you and follow you? And um, what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Okay, um, you can follow me on uh, on Deckheads, the podcast. Um, Boom. It's I think it's everything everyone needs. Um, I think most <laughs> listeners don't listen to Below Deck and, and in fact, hate it. Um, <laughs> but uh, they come to us uh, just for the lols. Anyway, Deckheads mm-hmm. with Anna Hosnier. It's the only thing that's important. Now, tweets. 
Um, Carl Hess is always my favorite tweeter. Um, he had a tweet um, that I loved recently, the 40 a day that I like. Um, but he says, bidet people, what do you use to dry your soaking wet ass? TP, special <laughs> ass towel, hair dryer. Very funny. <laughs> I'm against bidets, and um, my girlfriend tried to install one this week and broke uh. our plumbing, and uh, water shot out. It was like a legit sitcom uh, moment. <laughs> wow. The bidet happened for hours, yeah. And then the guy came, and he's like, I'm not actually a plumber. I don't know. Uh, I don't have anything. So he went to Home Depot, and then he called us, and he was like, yeah, the line at Home Depot is really long, so I'm going to like – do it later. And then two days later, he finally uh, just showed up. Didn't tell us he was coming. He just knocked on my door during quarantine like a real psychopath. And then uh, 20 minutes later, he declared it was fixed. He left, um, and it's uh, not fixed. <laughs> Wait, why are you anti-bidet? Um, because it's you still need to wipe. If it solved an actual I wipe and I'm clean, a bidet it's that's more steps, and I don't have time for that. I'm wet. It's everywhere. more steps. You just you flip it on, then you dry your asshole. Yeah, well, before it was just drying your asshole. Ah, uh, no, I don't know. I guess the difference is you know it's like smearing, smearing, smearing a stain off the driveway versus hosing it off. Yeah, well, you can hose it off, but then you don't have to go sit down and dry it with a sponge afterwards. <laughs> I just we're going full we're going full old timey outhouse, and then I just have uh, either my boyfriend or my neighbor just shoot a hose at my ass, and that's how we've been getting stuff done. Every time I take a shit, I just have to hang out outside until it rains. I gotta get hosed down. Yeah, and if yeah, if everyone's asleep, I gotta hope it rains. <laughs> Um, Jamie, how about you? Where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on twitter.com at Jamie Loftus Help or on Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. Uh, and the tweet I've been enjoying is a Katie Delaney tweet. Um, it's, uh, quote, so that happened, me stepping out of my home in 2022. <laughs> 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 okay, at Katie Delaney, C-A-I-T-I-E. Miles, where can people find you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray, my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, talking 90 Day Fiance. We're all about the reality on this show. A uh, tweet I like is from Auntie Donahue, at Auntie Donahue. Uh, it's just a just a screen grab I, from something that looks like from maybe Us Weekly's website, where it just says, it's a headline that reads, Prince Harry is, quote, finding life a bit challenging. And she just writes, is he now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I, my um, favorite thing he, um, that Prince William said was uh, that Britain is, uh, is, is the best version of itself during a crisis. Uh, <laughs> for, no. for the guy in the castle. Incredible. Yeah. What a thing to <laughs> exactly. say. What a thing to say. Because that's when everybody shuts the fuck up yeah, and there's... lets me live in my castle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Some tweets I've been enjoying. Uh, Matt Rogers, co-host of the Las Culturistas podcast, which uh, is now on our network, the network we started with Will Ferrell, uh, Big Money Players. He tweeted, how Lindsay Lohan pronounces quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, uh. 
Uh, and uh, Dana Donnelly tweeted, crazy to think that I'd be on my way to Coachella weekend two right now if we weren't quarantined and if I was a completely different person. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Footnote. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what song are we riding into this afternoon on? Okay, this is a track from a group I just kind of started getting into. I, I don't know if they've had an album for like maybe 10 years or so, but they're called Cougar. And they're like an instrumental band, but they do a lot of looping live and like they kind of take all their live instruments that they're playing and use them as samples. So you get something a little bit different. And I just dug this track because of the just the hi-hat keeping time and then this guitar this guitar picking comes in uh so this track is called rhinelander r-h-i-n-e-l-a-n-d-e-r and is by cougar also yeah one more thing also one more thing one more thing to put on the agenda if you are on instagram and you like to use face filters we have an important announcement public service announcement uh, Zeitgang, okay, Alexis Zarafa made us an IG filter. So if you search for that, look mm-hmm. for that Instagram filter for the Daily Zeitgeist. It'll turn your face into like a logo and your the, your lip game will be on blue. It's fantastic. And How thank you so it? much to the Daily Zeitgeist logo. How do yeah. I get it? Oh, uh, just search when you look when you get when you add filters and stuff. You can search for them oh. on Instagram. Okay. Thank you so much for people like y'all to put your time and expertise uh, into stuff like that because it makes everything so fun. And it's also, if you go on the center column on our main page, you will see a uh, link to it. So you can you can just cop it off the Ooh. Daily Zeitgeist IG page. Hello. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this Thursday morning. We will be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.